Welcome to Marriage in Today's World, a podcast ministry of United Marriage Encounter. On today's episode, author and speakers Rick and Nancy K. Grace join us by Zoom to talk about intimacy in marriage. Visit marriageintodaysworld.com for resources to go along with this episode. And now your host, Pam Beadle, Community Relations Support Staff for Marriage Encounter Support Foundation. Uh, welcome to Marriage in Today's World. Uh, we are joined today by Rick and Nancy K. Grace. Um, I'm so excited for you to get to hear from them as we've been chatting a little bit. It's going to be a fun interview. Um, so welcome, Rick and Nancy. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Thanks for having us. We are really excited to share a little bit of our story and our passion um, for how we we want to encourage marriages. Um, we have been married for almost 47 mm-hmm. years. Uh, we got married in, in uh, the mid-70s when there were no books on marriage written. Uh. And uh, we bought the one book um, and, and we, we thought we'd have it all figured out by reading that one book. Right. And uh, yeah, it really didn't, didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> so we always thought someday we're going to try to anyway. So um, anyway, we, we met in college. Mm at a college Bible study uh, where Rick was the president of the fellowship Mm. and the song leader of the fellowship. And I was a very, I'm an introvert. Okay. Which is amazing because she's the only one that's talked so far. (laughs) And I'm the extreme extrovert. Yeah. And I haven't been able to say a word yet. (laughs) Yeah. This is us. Um, Anyway, I was a sophomore in college and I read in the college newspaper, this little one ad that said wanted Christians for fellowship, 7 p.m. Wednesday night and gave the address. And I thought, I cannot be the only Christian on this secular campus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just really felt so isolated that I decided I was going to gather up all my courage and go to this meeting. So I went um, and I got in a little bit late because, well, you know, I I had to stand outside the door and convince myself to go through the door. Oh. Yeah, once I got there. Well, I I walked across the back of the room and I sat down actually behind a post so, you know, I wouldn't be noticed. Well, Rick was leading the worship, the song service, and he noticed me. As, behind as the post. Fact, I, I noticed her behind the post to the degree that the other worship leader that was standing next to me, um, reached over and smacked me in the shoulder. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing? He said, we quit singing. When are you going to quit playing? <laughs> I, had, I, I had so noticed Nancy that I'd kind of checked out mentally and just was strumming my guitar, mm-hmm. but nobody was singing. So that's how yeah. we met in yeah. college. Yeah, in college. And, um, and, then, and so then after that, he decided that as the president of the fellowship and, you know, he had to invite me back, make sure that everything was good with me. It gave me a ride home because, you know, it was raining that night. And and, and she uh, only lived a block from me. Yeah. I mean, it was purely spiritual interest at that point. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that was our, our beginning. And, and we just really felt uh, that evening that we... We talked for hours and just the ease at which we could communicate with each other and at a deep level pretty quickly. Um, anyway, so we we began um, our our journey and then come to find out that um, 
Rick paid for that little one ad that I read. She cost uh, me a quarter. Uh, <laughs> cost only me a quarter. A quarter. <laughs> best, yeah. best quarter I ever spent in life. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good return investment. Every, yeah, but she's been costing me ever since. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what about family? Tell us about your family. We have two children. Um, our son is an aeronautical engineer, and he lives in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, he and Emily... I have four children, so we have four grandkids in Texas. And our daughter, uh, Leanne, lives in uh, just outside of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Okay. And she is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a professional counselor. Okay. And so when we were, when she was in her training and, and we would have one of those loving discussions, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. we would maybe raise our voices a little bit, she'd pull up her chair right in between us and say, now tell me about this. <laughs> 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 she moved back in with us temporarily for four years. Um, one of the longest temporaries I think we've ever experienced. By that time, we'd been empty nesters for six years. Oh, wow. And so as an adult, she moved back in with us um, until she got her career started. By that time, she'd met her now husband and mm-hmm. she was going to buy a house. And we thought it was kind of stupid to buy a house and then get married in a year. Um, so she lived with us temporarily for Four, for, years. For four years. years. It was great. Um, so, so we had we had a built-in therapist. You had a lot of the counseling. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but during that time, it was good mm-hmm. in that we became friends mm-hmm. and, and as adults. And well, that makes you sound like we didn't like her before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we were, you know, it was a blessing that she was able to live with us, and uh, you know, it. <clears throat> we laugh about it, and and, mm-hmm. and now she tells her brother that. Uh, when we get older, it'll be his turn to take care of us because she took care of us when you know, she lived with us. <laughs> She's so. done her part already, huh? Yeah. 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 But she has two children. So we have a total of six grandchildren. Uh, we expanded our family one grandchild per year for five years in a row. Mm. And that was really fun that every Christmas we had an, an, either an announcement or a new baby for five years. Mm. And that was just really exciting for us. So. That is exciting. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we want to talk today a little bit about um, intimacy. Uh, you guys are speakers and writers um, in in a topic that is of interest to you now that you're pursuing is intimacy in marriage. So tell us a little bit about what intimacy is. It's, it's interesting. This is one of those almost classic male-female distinctions. Um. Men tend to define intimacy in terms of their sexuality. Mm. Okay. If you talk to most guys, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be intimate with your spouse? Well, it means to, to have a, a sexual relationship. So most men tend to define in, intimacy as sexuality. And most women tend to define intimacy as connection. Mm. Much more of, a, of an emotional connection, a heart-to-heart bonding. Um, so almost from the, from the get-go, because we define the word differently, we bring different expectations into our relationships and it can set up some, some pretty early fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, expectations are things we trip over all the time in relationships. Mm-hmm. We just have to 
you know, make sure that we're communicating about those expectations. But one of the early expectations that I had in our relationship was that, okay, Rick was the president of the fellowship and I was a Christian and we're going to have this. He was going into ministry. Um, Yeah. Rick has been a pastor for a little side note here. We didn't say in the intro, he's been a pastor uh, of a church for churches for over 45 years. Mm -hmm. And then three years ago, he accepted a position with our association of churches that is, it's called Disciple Heritage Fellowship. And he is the church liaison, which basically means he gets to do whatever he wants to do because no one knows what a liaison is. <laughs> but he is basically a pastor to other pastors. Okay. And Thanks. we have a heart to want to encourage and come alongside other couples in ministry. And and so that's been a part of our, our a real journey. journey, a yeah. part of our, our journey. And uh, if I can remember where I was going with that beforehand, oh, two Christians marrying each other. Yes. Okay. Um, we thought, okay, we bought that one book in 1975 about how to become a Christian marriage. And we didn't really know what that, it didn't really resonate with us. And we knew we didn't want a marriage like our parents had, but we didn't know what we wanted. We knew we wanted a Christian marriage, but we didn't know how to go about it. And so we thought, well, we're two Christians. That That's simple enough. We, we have a Christian marriage. Well, that was a myth, <laughs> a real yeah. huge myth. And I had this expectation then that, well, he's a pastor. He will want to pray with me and lead me in Bible study, and we will have this awesome spiritual journey together that we will be able to conquer every problem because we are spiritual. Well, yeah, that was my idea, and it was very faulty uh-huh. <laughs> because I didn't communicate that to him. You well, know? <laughs> and, and not only that, as a pastor, I was praying with people all day. Hmm. I was doing not necessarily Bible studies, but we're bringing, you know, bringing the scriptures into, into whatever their situations. So when I got home at night to do a study with her and pray with her, it was too much like work. Yeah. And I just, yeah. Hey, I've done this for eight hours. I'm done. Yeah, so he wanted was, to turn on and watch, you know, a sitcom or something like that. And it's like, yeah. how spiritual is that? You know, but well, one of the, one of the ways to just maybe back on the question a little bit, but one of the ways that we try to think of intimacy is we break it down into three parts and say it slowly. So rather than intimacy, it's into me see. Mm, that's good. That growing in intimacy is allowing someone to see into you, seeing you at a deeper level. Um, so it's not just the physical aspect. It's, it's not even just the emotional aspect. It's allowing somebody into me see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they can, they get a, a, it's allowing your spouse to have a much deeper sense of what your heart is. Mm-hmm. And then I believe that you break these down even further, right? Into yeah, um, yeah. different dimensions of intimacy. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about those? Sure. And maybe we can just kind of bounce them back and forth. Yeah. Um, one of the Mary's researchers have identified as many as 12 different types of intimacy mm. w- within any given relationship. And we've kind of pared that down to what we consider to be our top six. Okay. Um, and these are, uh, these are, we're going to come in alphabetical order. We're pretty okay. simple people. <laughs> it helps us to, to be, when we're presenting, it helps us to be able yeah. to remember what letter comes next, as long as we can remember the alphabet. Okay. <laughs> and at our age, we kind of wonder if we need a cheat sheet. <laughs> yeah, it's right here. 
so the, the, the first one is, is just communication, communication intimacy. Words matter. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who learn to, to love it will eat its fruit. Um, it's, it's communicating on a, a pretty broad spectrum. We like to lean into a marriage researcher and counselor by the name of Norman Wright. Mm. And in his book called Communication, Key to Marriage, Key to Your Marriage, um, he talks about five levels of communication where you, where you share anything from, uh, he starts with the level of cliche. You know, you walk into a place, hey, how are you? Hey, fine, how are you? Never been better. You know, and it's a very surface level conversation without any real connection heart to heart. Um, the second level that he talks about is, is the six o'clock news. Okay. So what did, you know, hey, Nan, how was your day? Well, I got up at 6.05. I had my post toasties by 6.10. By 6.13, I was in the shower. And it's, it's just a recording of the news. You learn a lot of information, but you don't learn anything about the heart mm-hmm. of, your, of your partner. Level three is uh, what Wright calls uh, uh, thoughts, opinions, and judgments. This is the first level that conflict can happen. Because how I view something and how Nancy views something may be entirely different. Little case in point. We were shopping, which is an excruciating, (laughs) excruciating experience for me. Okay. Oh, please. (laughs) Well, Nancy pulls a coat off the, she needed, uh, she wanted a a new black dress coat. coat. Mm. So she pulled one off the the rack, put it on and turned to me and said, what do you think? Uh That's a level three conversation, (laughs) thoughts, opinions, and judgments. And without much thought (laughs) on my part. That's for sure. I said, that would look great if you were a funeral director. Oh, (laughs) She took the coat off and put it back on the rack. I said, what are you doing? I said, it looked okay. <laughs> That's not what you did. So anyway, level three is where, converse, where conflict can first happen. Because her thoughts, opinions, and judgments might be different than mine. Level four conversation is when we begin to share feelings. This is when we really open our hearts to each other and allow the spouse to see the real me. And honestly, for most men, we have to learn a feeling vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It does not come easy for us. Most men are very left brain dominant, which is the analytical side of your brain. <laughs> well, that may be too, but hey, um, it, it's a language that we have to learn. You, you ask a guy, you know, hey, buddy, what are you feeling? He's going to look at you like you are from some other planet. Mm-hmm. But if you say, hey, buddy, what are you thinking? He will tell you what he thinks. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, safe level three conversation. But most men have to learn the vocabulary of feelings. And the fifth level of, of communication theory from right is when we get to the point where we share needs, wants with each other. Heart needs. Yeah. Um, again, brief story. The first time Nancy was diagnosed with cancer, she called me at my church office, secretary transferred the call in. I was actually with somebody and she said, I need you to come home right now. I said, I need you to come home right now. And my, and my first thought was, I'm in the middle of a conversation with a parishioner. I'll be home in about 20 minutes. But I could tell by the, the tone in her voice um, that, okay, let's put this to, to a rest and I need to go home. Mm-hmm. I walked in the door and she looked at me and said, just put your arms around me and hold me. Mm. It was cancer. Mm. Now, 
that's that's a level five conversation. This is what I need from you right now. And every level five conversation is a test. If I pass it, she's going to trust me with another need or want. And if I fail it, her spirit's going to close. And she's it's going to be a while before we get to another level five. So um, basic communication theory stuff, but that's that's communication intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it's a growth all, you know, all the way through our marriage. And, you know, we stumble over communication problems all the time, but we, we know better, <laughs> but we still have to, you know, come back to the basics, you know? Um, so the next one is emotional intimacy and that's the heart to heart connection. The, you know, where you really feel like you're being understood, where you, you feel, um, you know, that the heart to heart connection, that uh, it's more than just the news, but it's even, it could just be, you know, taking a walk and looking at a sunset. I mean, and feeling a, a closeness and the awe of God around you in nature. So it could be silent in intimacy mm-hmm. like that, just the emotional intimacy of it. So it's it's just feeling feeling that closeness to one another. It, it's the depth of connection that for us is often connected to a shared experience. Um, if I want to describe, you know, hey, Nancy, it's been a good day. Well. What, what does that mean? Describe that to me. One of our favorite places on the face of the earth was Monarch Pass in Colorado. And there was a nice ski area and it was a nice green run walking, you know, going down the continental divide. This was one of those days where I felt like I was on the Skywalker run at Monarch Pass, skiing down the continental divide, 14,000 feet peaks all around. It's just that because we shared it together, she knows exactly then what that emotional experience was like for me. Um, we don't get there all the time, but that's, mm-hmm. that's again, that's one, mm-hmm. just another level of intimacy where we can connect heart to heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, third, the, the third level, or not level, third, no, they're not levels, third yeah. uh, type of intimacy is recreational intimacy. Usually we don't think of this as intimacy, mm-hmm. you know, but um, one thing that, that I've learned it as I've, I've read just different um, biblical people who about marriage that um, men like to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely true. And one of the things that we really enjoy is when our wife will try to learn how to play along with us. Okay. So for our 10th anniversary, I bought Nancy a set of golf clubs. I was underwhelmed. I didn't want to learn how to play golf. (laughs) As a matter of fact, we went out in the garage. I had the golf clubs on a pole cart, 200 golf balls, big red bow on it. Mm -hmm. And her actual response was, where's my real present? (laughs) Yeah, that one, that one just went right to my heart, dear. Yeah, there was no emotional intimacy on that one. No. So you see, you have to communicate about even these sure, things. Sure, but I did. I did then want to have golf lessons, mm-hmm. and I did learn how to play golf. And you know, fifteen years later, I wanted my own set of golf clubs. So it just took a while. There you go. <laughs> a new set. But uh, I, I mean, as far as recreational intimacy, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be as simple as you know, we play cards with each other. You know, just you know, after after dinner, let's. You know, let's let's play spades or something, you know, and so we, we play that just to unwind and uh, we like to do some daring things like zip lining and hiking. And um, so, yeah, we 
try to do that. And and on those things, we share with each other um, the, you know, and, and one thing that I found that um, shopping with women is recreational. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which, which no man in the world understands <laughs> how shopping can be recreation. Okay. Just not this one anyway. Yeah. So that's why when we use that illustration of me buying the code, it was like torture for him to even be in the store, uh-huh. let alone has something nice, you know, he's sitting in the man chair waiting. Uh-huh. But it's it's just the you know, realizing the um, you know, it's shared time together. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 he tries to make it tolerable for me mm-hmm. uh, when when he does mm-hmm. join me in shopping. But I try not to, uh, you know, go too far into that one. My goal yeah. is not to ruin her shopping experience. There you go. Right. But it's yeah. a beautiful picture. I think um, all of these, but particular particularly recreational intimacy, is an opportunity for us to. Um, show love to our spouse by participating in their yeah. love activity. Enjoy. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a, that, that's a good summary of that one. It's, it's trying to enter into your partner's world through something they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Very okay, good. Good. Okay, we might put that in our book. There you okay. go. That's a freebie. <laughs> okay. We'll even quote you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number four. It's the one all men have been waiting for: uh, sexual intimacy, uh-huh. um, which, as any married couple knows, can be the greatest expression of joy, and can be one of the most frustrating aspects of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when it when it doesn't live up to expectations, um, there again, it has that expectation mm-hmm. with it. All of these have an expectation with it, and uh, we just have to explore the ex- expectation and, and and be careful that for that for couples, their sexuality can become a weapon. Mm. Um, in, in the sense that men tend to give intimacy in order to get sex, mm-hmm. and women tend to give sex in order to get intimacy. Mm-hmm. So instead of a free expression, a joyful expression of who God created us to be, it becomes a tool of manipulation where I'm doing this to get from you what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, that's not the way our creator designed it. You know, when God created this male and female, he looked and said, it's very good. Um, But as you know, as we all know, um, we are we live in a very sensualized Mm -hmm. culture. Um, so it becomes even more important for Christians to be able to have the freedom to do, to explore their own sexuality. And in the midst of the exploration, being able to say to each other, I enjoyed that. I didn't. What did I like about that? And all, you know, just uh, all the, um, the, the freedom to be able to share that back and forth with each other as you as you grow in, um, in, your, in your sexual relationship. So um, you want to okay. go on? Yes. Uh, the next is uh, social intimacy. And this is just having uh, friends that get you, friends that understand you as a couple. Um, Yeah, it's great that we have, I have my friends and Rick has his friends, but to have friends that understand us, that are supportive of our marriage, that support each other's marriages, um, and, and that could be in the form of a small group. It could be in the form of a recreational league, Sunday school class, Sunday school class, whatever. you know, yeah. just people that you enjoy hanging out with that just, it, it strengthens your relationship just by being together with mm-hmm. them, with other couples. With, so. with the knowledge that if, if I'm with a group of guys 
Nancy has the full confidence to know that if, if they start in a wife bassing session, I leave. Hmm. If, if I can't gear it away from that, hmm. I don't join in. I just, I just excuse myself from the conversation. Mm-hmm. And she does the same thing for me. So we, 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 we need to be with other couples who are reinforcing what it is we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. out of our marriage. Um, but also just knowing that I'm going to, I'm going to be her defender, you know, that, that uh, two can defend themselves, you know, from, from Ecclesiastes. She needs to know that in any social context I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm her defender. I'm not going to jump into the, you know, the spouse bashing conversations yeah. and just counterproductive. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Last one. Last one. And and this is the one that um, we are really wanting to, if you would, do a deeper dive into in in whatever what we're creating hope in a book, um, and that is spiritual intimacy. And it's something that's not really talked about. And going back to my original expectation at marriage that we were going to have this, but we didn't know how to get there. Mm. We didn't know that how to go about it. Um, yeah, we knew communication was a part of marriage, and we knew emotional and sexual. We knew, but spiritual intimacy. How do we get there? So that's been something that's been a key passion for us over the years, mm-hmm. and we've tried a little, a lot of different things, and a lot of things worked, and some did not work. But in uh, what we want to just share is what what is that spiritual intimacy? How would you just describe it, Rick? For us, the simplest definition is, is spiritual intimacy is sharing an inner life together. Mm. Um, sharing an inner life together. In the 45 years um, that, that I was in local church and the last three have been in, in a kind of parachurch ministry, we have asked couples across the, literally across the country and across the world. And we've discovered three things. Of, and these, most of these were Christian couples. So I'll, let, me, let me just say that to begin with. That most Christian couples actually have a desire to be spiritually intimate with each other. That's number one. Number two is very, very few Christian, even Christian couples have a shared spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And number three is that most of us don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So we want to, what we want to do in our writing is try to target those second two to three. What does it mean to, to have a shared inner life? Recognizing we, we've done retreats, we've done marriage enrichment stuff, and we've asked couples repeatedly, even Questions like, how many of you regularly, regularly, not daily, but even regularly pray with each other? Mm-hmm. The national average, um, and, and we've certainly found this in our limited research, is only about 5 to 8% of Christian couples mm-hmm. pray together even regularly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an extremely small number, um, which we think is, which we think is, is a travesty. Um, out of all of these levels of intimacy, uh, not levels, I, I'm sorry, I keep defaulting to that word. All these different expressions of intimacy, dimensions yeah. of intimacy. God has designed the, the spiritual intimacy to be the one that glued, the, mm-hmm. the glue that really holds it all together. Mm-hmm. We, we'd been married about three years, and the, uh, the, the church I served was church, carport, parsonage. Okay, uh-huh. so we lived within 20 feet of, the, of my office. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten something. Um, so I ran out the back door of the church into the, into the kitchen of our house. And Nancy was sitting at the kitchen table crying. Mm. Now I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack, but I figured that was pretty unusual for a, for a bride to be sitting at the kitchen table crying. And when she finally, you know, calmed down enough to be able to talk, 
she looked at me and with all the seriousness she had, she said, if you were not a pastor and if I had not made promises to God, I would have left you this mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Maybe, maybe we'd been married five years by then, but it, it wasn't any more than that. We didn't have children, but it was, yeah, it, was, it, was it was BC before kids and <laughs> four children. Um, I had, I had no clue. I was having a ball. I was pastoring. A congregation loved me. Um, little old ladies thought I was great. So I could go home and listen to Nancy complain, or I could go see a little old lady who told me I was wonderful. <laughs> Um, I chose the little lady. Um, and now I'm a little lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. We are, truly. truly. Um, but I, you know, at, at that point, I was, I was completely clueless. And even though we had not yet developed a shared spiritual life, it was Nancy's commitment to God and commitment to me through God mm-hmm. that kept her in our house that morning and allowed us mm-hmm. to work through some of those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this has been a lifelong journey for us, looking at how do we develop a shared inner life? Um, we, we've, de- we've developed a, a routine where we, where we pray together virtually every day. But that, wasn't, it, that was hard to get there, and we had to experiment with a lot of different forms of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, silent prayer, popcorn prayer, going back and forth, um, prayer lists. We've, we've done just about everything. Um, and it, some of it is successful and some of it is like, well, that didn't work very well, but we, we pick it up and we go on. Yeah. We just, we learn from it and we learn a little bit more about each other's spirituality, the, the depth of, you know, there's a lot um, of things written in the last several years about soul care, individual soul care, soul keeping, you know. soul keeping, soul care. Um, but what about the soul of your marriage? Mm-hmm. That's what we are wanting to explore and, and write about. And uh, is how do we take care of the soul of our marriage when we're intertwining our spiritual lives together? How, how, is that, how does that happen? It doesn't happen instantly, mm-hmm. but it, it takes growth and it takes trial and error. Uh, of course, you know. And intentionality. And intentionality. And and so it's not step by step, you know, these are the five steps that you have to take, you know, it's not that it's, it's being in tune with one another, with what's going on so that we could read each other's nonverbal language when we know we've had a rough day, when, you know, when Rick comes home, and I could tell just by looking at him if he's had a good day or a bad day, you know. Um, And so, it's how do we care for the soul of our marriage, realizing mm-hmm. that we are in this together and and God in the Garden of Eden created unity and then Satan entered and created disunity. And uh, that's been the challenge ever since for married couples mm-hmm. is to recover unity. Uh, and, and when we get to the point of having spiritual unity, you know, that is, I think, when God is the most pleased with us. Um, so you talked about prayer. No, go ahead, go ahead. You talked about prayer um, as one tool, maybe, that you yeah. use mm-hmm. to help you accomplish spiritual intimacy. Um, Nancy, you mentioned some conversations, um, just reading, um, how was your day, and those types of things. Have you experienced or um, come up with another tool or, or something else that helps to go deeper into that spiritual intimacy? One of the things that we learned um, is we tried to do Bible study together, okay, in the early part of our marriage. Of course, we're going to be, he's a pastor, we're going to do Bible study together, right? Right. It was, 
<laughs> it was a 100% failure. Mm-hmm. And by the time we finished our first Bible study together, we weren't talking. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the well, goal. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a true story. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we had to learn was we studied totally differently. Mm-hmm. I was trained in the in original languages of the scriptures. So I love doing word studies. Intense, okay? deep. Mm-hmm. Get to the bottom of the word the. I'm guessing that is not how you wanted to study, Nancy. (laughs) I I was still on the first word of the passage, parsing it in Greek, and and Nancy's done with the whole chapter. And Mm -hmm. so what we learned is for us to sit down to study together was a failure. Okay. So what we regularly do is ask each other then at the end of the day, what did God say to you today? Mm -hmm. What did you learn out of your time of study? Um, What have you been reading lately? Um, where are you at in scripture? While we may not be able to actually share the time of study together, we share the fruit of our study together. And that's worked for us. Mm-hmm. We, we know couples that get up every morning and read a two, three, four, five minute devotional, pray together, and that's the way they start their day. That never works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the couple has to figure out what works. Yeah. For their um, rhythm. Yeah, for the rhythms of their life. And their personalities. If one's a morning person and one's not, the non-morning person ain't going to get up at five right. o'clock to meet. It's just, it's just not going to work. And that's us. I mean, Rick is up, you know, really early and me, I enjoy my pillow. So <laughs> it's. <laughs> so that, that's a, just in terms of um, approaching scriptures together. We, we approach scriptures together apart. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we do our study apart from each other and then share the fruit of what we, what we've learned. Yeah. And, and what we have found, too, that as we have grown in spiritual intimacy, I mean, that's such a big, clunky word, but for in caring for the soul of our marriage, the really, the deep soul of our marriage, deeper than needs and wants, but it's the, the spirit of our marriage, the soul of our marriage, is that it's it's the little things that help nurture that, nurture the soul of our marriage, mm-hmm. so that when a crisis comes, we have a foundation mm-hmm. that we can stand on a faith mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. That we have that strength, a secret strength that's there that we weren't intentionally, well, well, yeah, we were intentionally building it, but it really mm-hmm. comes through when a point of crisis comes, Mm -hmm. like when I had cancer diagnosis, Mm -hmm. uh, when, when Rick faced difficulties in ministry, um, we, you know, we knew to stand together against the problem Mm -hmm. instead of letting the problem dominate us. Mm -hmm. And we still have to remind ourselves of that, that it's, it's, the enemy throws these problems, throws situations at us, and we have to remember to stand together side by side, um, defending each other. And the spiritual intimacy is what really makes a couple stronger um, to face the crises because they're going to come, you know, in in life. They're, you know, <laughs> Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And yes, amen, we do. So, we we can strengthen our faith in God, but not just separately, but together. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a beautiful way uh, to summarize that. I also love how you gave freedom for couples to find out what works for them. Um, it's not a black and white, um, this is the only way to do it, but figure out what works for you. I think that's invaluable advice for our listeners. Um, and so if you were going to just in closing, um, wrap up how someone might start. So if, if someone's listening and, uh, they say, Hey, I, we're, we're um, not in that five to eight percent who pray together. Um, we desire spiritual intimacy, as you, um, said, said most Christian couples do, but they have no idea um, how Mm -hmm. to get there. What's one simple step or one simple thing they can do to start on this road of having spiritual intimacy? I think my encouragement would be to be intentional about setting a goal three times a week. Mm -hmm. Let's pray with each other. It is one thing to know that your spouse is praying for you, it's an entirely different thing to know that your spouse will pray with you. Mm-hmm. And if one or both of the couple are not comfortable praying, verbally praying out loud, that's okay. Because one of the ways we started was simply holding, we, we would sit facing each other. We would hold hands. Nancy would pray silently first, and then she would squeeze my hands. Mm-hmm. And then I knew she was done. And then I would pray. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, as a as more of a of an extroverted Christian leader, mm-hmm. praying verbally, you know, w- w- was never an issue. Mm-hmm. But it was still different in praying with my with my spouse. So that's the way we started: mm-hmm. sitting toward each other, holding hands, praying silently. Mm-hmm. And I knew she was done when she squeezed my squeezed. Is that a word? <laughs> squeezed. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I make up words as we go along. Um, but I, I knew she was done when she would squeeze my hands and then I would squeeze hers when, when I was done. Um, and then we, we started doing just like the, the sentence prayers back and forth until we got comfortable with that. Um, and then it just, it, it expanded from there, but we started out praying silently with each other a couple, three times a week. Let's make it a goal. You know, a goal should be specific, positive, achievable, and measurable mm-hmm. spam. <laughs> <How's that>? <laughs> okay. Make a lot of couples that fail. Okay. We're going to read the Bible together every day and we're going to pray every day. And on day three, by the time they forget it, they feel like a failure. No, make it, make it specific. Let's try it two or three times a week. Positive goal, achievable, something we can measure, start small and let it grow. Mm-hmm. That, that would be our, that'd be, I think that would be our advice to, to help a couple get started. Yeah. And for women, um, because I had the notion that my husband is the spiritual leader of my home, and he is. Don't get me wrong. He is. But it's okay for me to step out and pray anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of if. If the husband feels intimidated. By if that. he feels intimidated. And, and that is an issue. Mm-hmm. In in cup for couples, um, still not to lord it over, but to have a, a gentle spirit of for the wife to have that that gentle spirit that Peter talks about. Um, that we still, even if if our husbands are not the spiritual leaders, we still have the responsibility to pray for them and to um, pray with them, pray over them whether they know it or not, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's still yeah. the wife's responsibility, the spouse, each spouse has a responsibility to pray for each other. Mm-hmm. And if we can get to where we pray with each other, 
there's a, a stronger unity there. Amen. And then we could really um, feel the, the honesty of, you know, like I, I <clears throat> to say, I'm, I'm re- I sense that I see that you're really struggling with this, you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank and you can be to a different level of honesty then knowing that you're praying, lifting that concern to the heavenly father mm-hmm. for his strength and blessing um, to be praying over each other. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I share that just because a lot of times it's like, well, I'm waiting for my husband to take the lead. Well, mm-hmm. some men aren't going to right away. Mm-hmm. And we just have to, I think uh, over the years of our marriage, I've seen that there's been times when Rick has struggled with things, times when I've struggled with things where one feels stronger than the other. Mm-hmm. We have to pick each other up and we have to just su- um, support and encourage one another in our spiritual journey. Yeah, beautifully put. Love it. <clears throat> so if um, our listeners would like to connect with you personally, um, where can they find you? Okay. Um I'm an author and speaker. Um, my website is www.nancykaygrace.com, my full name. And, and I have a, a monthly newsletter and I write on a blog. And so if you sign up at my on my website for that, you'll be in, in touch with me. Um, and Rick and I are in the process of, we've mentioned it before several times about writing a book mm-hmm. um, about this concept. And honestly, we recently came back from a writer's conference where there was some keen interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are pursuing that um, right now. And so we'll, we'll be developing more aspects of that. But if mm-hmm. if you have any, any questions or um like I, I speak to women's groups, Rick and I speak to married groups, uh, you know, in churches uh, to do workshops, marriage enrichment things. We do those together. Um, the, the, the easiest way to get a hold of us is through Nancy's website. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put a link there uh, for okay. our listeners um, on our website. Um, Thank you. It's been so fun, guys. I appreciate you giving us um, a little glimpse uh, into your life and marriage um, today and so fruitful um, for me personally. And also, I know for our listeners, um, one more question as we close um, today. Um, each of you could answer this quick, uh, a quick little question. How have you learned to keep the spark in your marriage? Well, that assumes we have. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have. I can tell. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'll let you go first. Oh, there. <laughs> I have to think about it. Okay. Well, so he could say, "Yeah, that's a lot of a campfire," but no, that's okay. <laughs> um, really, just to learn to really accept one another mm. and to enjoy one another, to, to have that a deep acceptance of one another for all of our faults and, and, and knowing that I'm not going to change him. He's not going to change me. God created us uniquely mm-hmm. and he created our marriage uniquely mm-hmm. and to nurture that marriage to, to, you know, really look at the, you know, look at life through the, you know, to, of appreciation, honoring, honoring your spouse. That's a lot. That's good. Okay. Mine is going to be very simple. Okay. (laughs) Don't ever 
Now, let me state it positively. Okay. Learn to laugh with each other. Yeah. Learn to laugh. Um, with each other. Not yeah, not at each other, <laughs> with each other. There, there's enough serious stuff out there that wants to pull you apart. Mm-hmm. Um, something as simple as laughing with each other and give yourself the gift of, of presence. Mm-hmm. That when you're, when you're present with each other, be there, actually be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the gift of presence and the gift of laughter. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Well, thank you so much um, for our listeners. You can find um, the, the downloadable resource for this podcast on our website, um, along with plenty of other resources and um, past episodes there. So be sure to check that out. Thank you so much, uh, Rick and Nancy Kay, for being with us today. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been a blessing. May God bless your ministry. Amen. Thank you. Amen. for listening to Marriage in Today's World. Your host today was Pam Beadle, and special guests were Rick and Nancy K. Grace. Marriage in Today's World is produced by Austin Newton and Pam Beadle. This episode was recorded via Zoom in Muscatine, Iowa. For more resources on this and other episodes, visit us at marriageintodaysworld.com. Learn more from Rick and Nancy K. by visiting nancykgrace.com. That's nancykgrace.com. Marriage in Today's World podcast is a ministry of United Marriage Encounter. Strengthen your marriage today at unitedmarriage.com.